You're listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Here's John. He says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, now. The reason John said, behold, the Lamb of God takes the sin of the world. In the Old Covenant, the Day of Atonement, your sins were covered for a year by the blood of sacrifice of goats and bulls and sheep. Now, when you came in the Old Testament and your sins were not removed, but they were covered for a year, the Day of Atonement, um, you just didn't bring any old sheep. You didn't bring a sheep that had three legs, all right, or, or a blemish are deformed or you brought your best it's like to get today we bring our first fruits not our leftovers because it's really not a sacrifice if you're bringing leftovers and so guys demanded that they bring their best spotless and so Jesus was the lamb of God because he was spotless because he was without what sin he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God Hallelujah. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you become the righteousness of God. You're made the righteousness of God. You know you're not made the righteousness of God by your works. Huh? You're not made the righteousness of God because you come to church. Now, righteous people, you're not made righteous because you come to church, but righteous people go to church. Huh? You're not made righteous because you pray and you speak in tongues, but righteous people pray. Amen? It, it, we, we have to realize that it's relationship. And Jesus was without sin. He is the Lamb of God. No blemish, no sin. Can you imagine that? He never sinned. Here he is, 30 years of age. And he walks up. And John says, John the Baptist, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, After me comes a man who's preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, John the Baptist was born out of Elizabeth six months prior to Jesus in the natural. What he's saying here, the reason that he's before me, because you remember what John said, John the disciple said, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God. He's saying that Jesus has always been. Jesus is a second in the triune of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He says he's always been. He's not a God. He is the God, the one God. Amen? Three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but one God. And he says he was before me. He says, this is who, and he comes to a man who's before me. He was before me. I did not know him. Now catch that but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Wait a second. Mary and Elizabeth are cousins. So that make them first cousins. That make Jesus and John second cousins. And he's saying, I don't know you. I, 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 I do not know who Jesus is. You know what he's saying here? He's, they had a relationship. In 30 years, they had to know one another. But what he's saying here is I did not know him as the Messiah. I did not know 
for the first 30 years, he says, I looked at him as a carpenter's son. Joseph's boy built things. But now he tells you why he knows him. He says, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I come baptizing with water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending, and everybody say remaining. remaining. On him, that is who, who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, with fire. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. He says, I'm there. The Spirit spoke to me and says, When you see the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove, coming out like a dove, and lands on him, and not just rests on him, but remains on him. There's a big deal right there. See, up to this point, the Holy Spirit cannot remain on anybody because of sin, because of the fallen nature of man. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. See, when, when it's, it's like this. The, the, the Holy Spirit is represented as a dove. Look at the symbolism here. When, when Noah, he let out a dove, you remember? And he flew out. And he would come back because he found no place to rest. Think about that dove, which represents the Holy Spirit. Flew through the Old Testament scriptures. As great as Abraham, the father of our faith, Right? It might have rested on Abraham, but it never remained on Abraham. It empowered Abraham, but because Abraham had sinned. You know, the Bible says that Abraham sinned and Jacob sinned because they were liars. <laughs> this is my sister. You remember? He's a man of faith, but still we have things that come up. And, and, and here he goes flying through the scriptures. And think about Samson. Who I love the stories when I was a kid about Samson. Tear off the, the gates of a city and go take it up on a hill? That's bad. <laughs> you know what generation I've been raised in when you hear that. I mean good. Amen. The Spirit of God came mildly upon Samson and he picked up a jawbone of a donkey and saw a thousand Philistines and says, come on. That's something. Amen. That's mighty. That's a mighty spirit. But that dove landed on Samson, but it couldn't remain on Samson. Think about Elijah, Elisha, the prophets. Think of all the miracles that they did. Call fire from heaven. Pray that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, and it didn't. Pray that it would rain, and it didn't rain. But it never remained on them. King David. I mean, the Psalms, he was, a, he, he was a worshiper and a warrior. You have taught my hands to war. I mean, David brought it all, but he couldn't stay on him because he was a murderer and adulterer. It wasn't until it flew all the way through Malachi, and then one day in the Jordan River, there's John the Baptist. Baptizing the one who baptizes. 
John says, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. He says, so the scripture will be fulfilled. So prophecy will be fulfilled. Baptized. And John said, I saw the Holy Spirit come down like a dove and remained on Jesus. Why did it remain? For finally, that dove found a place that it could rest. Finally, God found a place that he could rest his authority. Jesus came out of the water and the heavens opened up and God spoke, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Now, here's the beautiful thing about that. That same Holy Spirit that remained in Jesus is in you. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he bore your sin debt, that he took the wrath of God, it should have been you on that cross, but Jesus was on that cross, and he took, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. If you believe that, that Holy Spirit lives down inside of you. Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives down inside of you. I don't know if we catch that. Do you know that the dove came in the day of Pentecost like a mighty wind and filled the room and filled the house and filled 120 people that were praying and waiting for the promise of the Spirit to come in Jerusalem. That same Holy Spirit that filled like a mighty rushing wind lives down inside of you. Do you know the Ancient of Days lives down inside of you? What are we doing with the Ancient of Days living inside of us? See, when, when Christ died on that cross, we died on that cross who put our faith in him. Amen? When he was crucified, we were crucified. It's no longer who I live, but Christ in me, Paul said. When he rose again, we rose again in newness of life. He's seated in heavenly places. We are too. Now physically I'm not in heaven, but spiritually I'm in heavenly places. Did you know because the Spirit of God lives in me and the Spirit of God lives in you that you can be in heavenly places at Walmart? At H-E-B? At Brookshire Brothers? At Walgreens? Is there a Chick-fil-A heading this way, I heard? He, you spiritually can be in heavenly places washing your dishes. Because when you praise God and you worship God, he inhabits the praises of his people. We can now come to the throne room of grace in our time of need. Washing our dishes. Washing the car. Driving down the road. We can be seated in heavenly places. See, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. You know what God's trying to do? Get the world out of us. Transform us. See, why, why do we have the Holy Spirit? Is it just for us to have fire insurance? Now, we all come to the Lord because of that, to escape the wrath of God, to have forgiveness of our sins because we know he's the way and the truth and life. There's no way to get to the Father but through him. So we get born again. But you got to know the benefits and the privileges of having the Holy Spirit in your life. You're not orphans. Jesus, God says, Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you like an orphan, but I'll send another helper, one like me. 
one that can be everywhere, in all countries, in all parts of the world, in all the ends of the world. Jesus was in a physical body in one place, one time. He says, it's imperative that I send another. And if I leave, then I will send the Holy Spirit. What's some things the Holy Spirit does for you? Well, he seals, seals you till the day in redemption. We all like that. Marked, child of God, sealed until the day of redemption. One day we're going to leave this earth seat, this earthly tent, and heaven's going to be our home. Amen? Now, we're not going to be up there eating bonbons, you know, and sitting up in heaven. We're going to go back to work. <laughs> new heaven and new earth. Do you not know that the Spirit of God lives down inside of you? Let me give you a few scriptures here to help you out here. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Oh, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit in you? Whom you have from God, and you are not your own? God tabernacles in us. Sometimes it starts off like a wilderness, right? Huh? Woo, when he first started with me. How many of you know you can say, I've come a long way, baby? Huh? How many of you got some folks on friends on Facebook that they hadn't seen you in 30 years and they're like, what happened to you? <laughs> Their mouth is like this. That's good. That's what you want. You want transformation. You want sanctification. You want to change. You spend time with God, he'll change you. He'll transform your mind. He'll renew your mind. That's part of the thing. Here's another scripture, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the God, the, the third in the triune of the Godhead. You know the Holy Spirit's not an it. It's a he. It's not just power. You can grieve. He can't grieve power on its own, right? Power on itself cannot think. You've got electricity, it's power, but it can't reason. It doesn't grieve if you use it or not. How many know you can grieve the Holy Spirit? You can. Why? Because it's a person. It's the triune of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in who? You. Put your hand on your head and say, that's me. He who raised Christ from the dead. Woo. Think about that. Think what happened in that tomb that day. The stone rolled away. Wow. He who raised, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will also, will also, will also, will also give life to your what kind of body? Well, that means right my earth seat right here. See, when you think like that in the spirit, then you can receive it in the natural. You can't get things from the natural in the kingdom of God if you don't receive it in the spirit. 
If you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but believe in the things that you say shall come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. And whatsoever things you ever desire, believe that while you pray, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You know, when you got to believe it, it's not like shake and bake faith, all right? It's, it's like you got to believe that it's done in the spirit, even though the symptoms are still in my body. Before you can receive it in the natural, you've got to receive it in the spirit that it's done. While you pray, when you pray, believe that you have received it. When? In the spirit. And when you believe it in the spirit, then it will be done in the natural. Without the spirit, you're not going to receive it in the natural. It's not, oh, I hope it's going to happen. You've got to know. You've got to be convinced. So it takes faith. Have faith in God. If you say, have faith in God. If you say this mountain, have faith in God. Not faith in yourself, not faith in your grandpa, not faith in your grandma, amen? Not faith in your mother, not faith in people. Have faith in God. If God said it, then that settles it. That's the authority that you go on. And look at it. It's the spirit who dwells in who? He'll give life through his spirit who dwells in you. Do you get that this morning? Oh. Call the news and tell them you found the Ark of the Covenant. I know where it's at. It's right here. It's right here in Westwood Cinema right now. It's right there inside of you. You're the Ark now. You carry the Spirit of God. Do you catch that? Who that is a privilege that you know the Old Covenant, you know the Old Testament prophets desired to have. Amen. Not just rest on them but came and lived inside the Spirit of God, and we take it as just happenstance. We hear this, we hear this, we hear it, and it becomes old hat. Oh, yeah, God lives inside of me. And the world don't want anything to do with you because you are depressed, oppressed, and running around complaining and whining. Man, what if the church got a hold of this and says, you know, I got the Spirit of God living in What if the preaching left the pulpit and went out there? Amen? What if, what if faith left this building right now and went into Walmart? Went in H-E-B and people are on all nine and people are over there laying hands and praying over people. You know what that would do to this town? You know what that would do to this community? Revival. But you got to believe. You got to believe that he lives down inside of you. Here's some of the things the Holy Spirit will do for the believer. John 14, 26, he will teach us all things. He'll teach us all. He'll guide you in all spiritual truth. He's your tutor. He, he'll teach you. He'll show you. He'll guide. He's your spiritual guide. He'll tell you, do this, don't do that. He'll tell you which door to go in, which door not to go. Maybe what door is shut, but it's just delayed, waiting for another time. You'll get the nod from God. He'll tell you. He'll show you things to come. You know that? God's not going to leave you as an orphan. He'll transform you. He'll renew you. You know why you want to get your mind renewed? So you can prove what the complete and perfect and acceptable will of God is. People come up to me and say, Pastor Arthur, I want to know God's will for my life. Well, then transform your mind. Renew your mind so you can hear from the one who reveals, uncovers, 
He'll show you things to come. Amen? He's our comforter. How many of you know you need a comforter? A peace that surpasses all understanding. Ooh, I love that. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses, surpasses, passes up natural knowledge, surpasses. It's like a car on a freeway. It passes your knowledge. will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Not that you're not going through anything, but what you're going through is not destroying you. You might be going through fire, but you don't smell like smoke. Amen. Because he's with you. If you believe that there this morning, say amen. amen. He intercedes for us when we are weak. You know, sometimes we don't know what we ought to pray. But the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You ever prayed out of an utterance of just moaning? Well, I think that rings in the spirit realm so loudly. There's been times I'm like, oh. Because I just don't know which direction to go. And he intercedes for us. You know, Jesus is sitting at the right hand to make an intercession for the saints. You know, you have a great high priest looking out for you. My goodness. You got the Holy Spirit, you got Jesus interceding. Making intercession for the saints. You don't have a great high priest who's not sympathetic to your needs, but he's been, in, he's been in your shoes. He knows what it's like to walk in your shoes. And he intercedes and says, Father, I know what they're going through. Thank you for your mercy. Man, do you realize the privilege we have having the Holy Spirit down inside of us? And it fills us with power. Clothes us with power from high. Remember Jesus told his disciples, he told 500 people. Over 500 people, it says in Corinthians. He spoke to them and says, wait for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Spirit. Over 500 people. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit that I promised. How many people are in the upper room? 120. What happened to the other 380? They didn't show up. And that's Jesus. Ooh, that gives Pastor Arthur such a great relief. Be filled with the Spirit, the Bible says. Acts 1 8 says, But if you, you shall receive, everybody say power, power, for your own agenda to benefit you. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witness, witnesses to me, to who? To Jesus. In Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, that's the Gentiles, and to the ends of the earth, that's everybody. 
Say, are you filled with the Spirit? Ephesians says, do not be drunk with wine, but be you filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is a good thing. Saying, don't be drunk with wine. The way you get drunk with wine is you become intoxicated with wine, with alcohol. He says, don't get drunk with wine, but get intoxicated with the Spirit, meaning being under the influence of the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, the flesh, you put down the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, not your flesh. Are we doing that because the Holy Spirit is right down inside of us? Are we engaging with the Holy Spirit? It's good to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And many times on Sunday morning, we're filled, right? We come in and what, what's some of the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy. You got the DNA to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness. Nine fruit of the Spirit. But are we only doing it in the four walls? Are we only filled between 10 a.m. and 12 a.m., 12 on Sunday mornings? What are we doing with the filling of the Spirit? Why do we want to be anointed by God? So we can be witnesses. Listen, we don't need really any more witnesses in here. I'm preaching to the choir, right? Huh? I know y'all all walk in faith and dominion. And y'all never go through anything. The problem is out there. We need to be a witness to the world. You know what that means? That means we got to serve. To be a witness means we have to serve love, serve joy, serve peace. Love is what causes you to serve in the first place. Love is what causes you to give in the first place. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved, he gave. He loved the Christians. He loved the church. Yes, he does. But he loved the world that he gave, his son. We're supposed to be imitators of Christ. Are we getting filled in the spirit just for our own agenda, for our own benefits? Are we being a filled in the spirit so we can walk out and win others to Christ? Are we serving? Such a narcissist society we live in today. Would you say? Nobody wants to serve no more. Nobody volunteers anymore. I'm not talking about just the church. I'm talking about all institutions. It's hard to get people to serve. Forty years ago, you get people to serve, volunteer. Now, because the world has this narcissist thinking, they think that, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it before they do anything? And I think that's rubbed off in the church. Huh? You know, I've been preaching here. This is going on 16 years now. And what I've realized over the course of my teaching that God is big on purpose. Many plans are in a man's heart, but God's purpose is what prevails. 
God's purpose is what prevails. Are we serving God's purpose? Well, that's, I can't do that. I know. Listen, some people, it says this, Romans, it says that, for we know that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. We, we don't really have the excuse to sit there and say, well, I don't know what his purpose is for me. Ecclesiastes says, you know what? Whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it as you're doing it unto the Lord. Like God's your inspector. Amen? You see a need. You want to be a witness? Serve people. People, listen, the people in your life are not there to serve you. You're to serve people. Jesus thought it like that. Hours before he went to the cross, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the commander and host, the captain of the host, all of heaven, girded his waist with a towel, got on his knees, and washed the disciples' feet. Do you see a need? And I'm not talking about just inside the church. I'm talking about out there. Do you see a need? James says it like this. If you see a need, don't just say, pray, be, be warm and be filled. Hope you get those groceries you've been looking for. And walk off. When you've got the ability. <laughs> Let me ask you here this morning. And I'm including myself. Lord convicted me about this. Why I'm asking God to anoint me for my level of service. Oh, I'm the pastor, right? I preach Sunday. But what am I doing out there? Huh? What am I doing out there? I want you to reflect over the past week, past two weeks, a month, a year. What level of service have you given to the Lord? That he would need to anoint. Introvert. That's what I am. You think, he's a pastor? But once I preach, I, guess I really like to be by myself. And I have to fight that too. You know? I mean, I like my own company. I don't have to go finding people. Dina, totally different. She goes out looking. And I think that's what God complimented us. I'm on, you know, to me. You know, I got convicted about this. It's like we want fast food Christianity. Pull up on Sunday between 10 and 12, give it to me. Supersize it. If you don't have what I like, I'll just go somewhere else. How about rolling up her sleeves if you see a need and say, you know what? I'm going to get in there. I'm going to put my hand to it. I'll do this. We all do this if we're honest. We will cloak laziness. 
with ignorance? I just don't know. I didn't know the woman who's single there and the kids are in Walmart and she's struggling. She's got her coin purse out. She's pulling out one penny, two penny, three penny, four penny, five penny. I just didn't know. The Holy Spirit says, you know what? Pay for her bill. Throw 20 up here right now. That's being a servant. You know what would happen in this town if we did that? If we brought what was in the church being filled in here and filled it up out there. Hallelujah. See, the world will know when you love, when you have joy. It's like we don't let anybody nibble on our fruit but with these four walls. Love, joy, peace, the fruit of the Spirit. Then we go out and say, don't touch me and get away from me. No. Have we had the opportunity to look back over our lives this, this week, this year, and say, hey, what have I been given to the Lord? Make, I started talking to my neighbors here this week. Because the world has made it very convenient. You can be in your car. I can hit the remote control on the garage door. I can open it. I can pull in, and I can shut the door and not get out. Don't go outside. I can even order my food online now. I can order my food. I can call H-E-B and say, deliver it to my door. I'm ordering Chinese food this week. I was off Monday, and I was looking, hey, Dan, let's get some Chinese food. Chinese food, boy, they worry me about that. I order it, and I mean, I can order it, and I'm like, okay, that sounds good, and I'll ding dong. And I'm like, Tina, they are three miles away from us. They did this the other day, and I timed it, and it was 12 minutes. From the time I ordered, I said, y'all scared me? <laughs> so now when I start ordering online, it says, uh, here's the instructions. Do you want to leave it at the door? They'll ring the doorbell and leave it on the door, and you don't even have to talk to them. Woo, Pastor Arthur, that's a temptation. I'm like, leave it at the door. Get out of here. Keep the change, you filthy animal. But God started convicting me about that. I started, he said, man, you're not, you're not, <laughs> can't do that. Can't be preaching and, and not going out here and, and talking to people. And you see a need. Let's be servants. Let's be filled. We're supposed to be rivers of living water. You know what that means? To flow. Are you filled or are you flowing? It's one thing to be filled, but it's another thing to be flowing. We're not here to be sloshing around with spiritual knowledge and walking around, you know, town and like, oh yeah, I got all this revelation. But you don't flow on anybody. The, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water, touching people, touching people's lives. Rivers touch people, splash on people. We need to splash. We need, we need to offer the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Let people nibble on our fruit, and then they'll see. You're like Christ Jesus, amen? Because Christ said he can serve, we're to serve. Serve one another. Just get her done. Amen. 
Get her done. Oh, I can't do that. Jesus washed the disciples' feet hours before his death. And we can't come to church because it's raining. We require more, sometimes more than Jesus does. Let's don't do that. Let's say, hey, Father, God, thank you that you filled me up with the Spirit. And I'm going to be a blessing to somebody. I'm not being blessed just for me, but I'm going to be blessed so I can bless others and I can reach others and I can reach others for Christ Jesus. Because it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God that does that. Let's be good. Let's be kind. One story I'm going to tell them myself and then I'm going to quit. I was in town, this has been years ago, okay, so I've transformed quite a bit. I was eating with my mother, my mother and my dad, and we were eating at this place and lunch. And the waitress, she comes up to serve, you know, take her order. And I'm looking at the menu like this, my mother is, and she goes, you know what you want? I'm like, you know, we just picked it up. And she goes, when you figure it out, let me know. Left. Woo. I'm like, you tell my mama like that? She came back later, and she goes, you ready? See, I'm going to let you know. I had some attitude. Now, quit looking at me with your holy eyes. <laughs> and I placed the order, said, okay, go. Now, be gone. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. I said, look around here. She's shorthanded. Look at all the people are in here waiting. And you sitting here dogging on her. So I went up to her afterwards. And I walked up to her and said, hey. I said, God just convicted my heart. And I need to say something to you. I shouldn't, I shouldn't spoke out like that to you. I said, you're, you're in here. And I can see that you're busy. And you're probably shorthanded. And I want you to know that you did a good job. We've been in here before. You did an excellent job. And I thank you for taking care of us. And I tipped her accordingly. That's what God wants us to do. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance.